In order to truly become part of the global business environment, your business needs to constantly change and adapt to a variety of new constants. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders with Kimberly J. Lewis. We will help you navigate these changes on today's program and help you think beyond the boundaries. The opportunities are limitless if you are prepared. Now, here is your host, Kimberly J. Lewis. Welcome to Leadership Beyond Borders. I'm Kimberly Lewis, your host. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in each week. Now, this broadcast is brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is a nonprofit organization in Europe. And if you'd like to learn a little bit more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. So now we have listeners from all over the world. So good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening from today. And if you're new to the show, let me tell you what this series is about. Leadership Beyond Borders is about the impact globalization, digital transition, and the connected world is having on our organizations and what this impact is doing to the kind of leadership we need to drive long-term success in today's economy. In the series, we've talked about everything from business issues such as digital transitions and big data to other issues, business issues such as gender balance, generational management, and business values that may impact your organization or your individual career. So please tune in to us every Tuesday, 3 p.m. Pacific time. And if you miss us, don't worry, because we are not every major podcast platform. And I also invite you to connect with me. Send me your thoughts and insights to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com and connect with me on my website, leadershipbeyondborders.net. Tell me what you'd like to hear about on this show. I'd love to get an email from you. So if you're in a leadership position or aspire to be in one, regardless of your business is international or local, make sure you join us each week and we'll make sure that you take home something useful for either your business or yourself. Now, on to what we're going to talk about today. You know, you know, I was looking kind of back in the calendar and I, I didn't really realize, but January 30th, 2020 was the day that COVID was actually declared a pandemic. And now we're 18 months into this catastrophic situation and it has impacted us how we live and how we work. Now, here in Europe, according to a paper by the European Commission in 2019, only 5.4% of those employed in the 27 EU states worked from home. And I think the numbers are quite similar for our listeners in the U.S. Now, in March 2020, this number from 5.4% in the EU actually turned into almost 100% because the only people not working from home were non were essential workers such as in hospitals everybody else had home office within the U because of the lockdown so what did this mean to employees and businesses. It meant a new world of virtual meetings, negotiations and conducting business not in person but over the computer. And this was a learning process. This virtual communication was learning. And it wasn't just the technology side. It was also about how to conduct yourself in the virtual world. Now, we know body language and nonverbal gestures are the first things that and verb that 
people see and notice when they meet somebody in person. But what happens in the virtual world and why are these things so important? I mean, today we are 18 months into this and we're slowly coming back to normal, but it's a normal, a new normal, a new blended world where we're going to be in person and virtual. And in this episode today, we're going to speak with one of Europe's premier body language experts about how we can make an impact in the virtual world and in the blended world, the world that we are in today. And our guest today is Stefan Vera, and he is one of the most in-demand body language experts in Europe, working with universities, business persons, scientific institutes to help us better understand what our body language is revealing about who we are and what we're thinking. With great humor and great scientific insight, he is, he is teaching training, speaking to, uh, to more than 100,000 participants every year in 13 countries and on four continents. He's actively involves his participants and gets them up and running, literally, and they try out and discover what he's talking about. So with this, he reaches the people and he reaches helps them reach their own conclusions. Now he is a keynote speaker, guest lecturer at several universities, best-selling author, and his books are primarily in German. For our German speakers, he has many books on Amazon. Hey, dein Koffer sprecht, hey, dein Koffer flirtet, die macht die Koffersprache in Verkauf and die Koffersprache der Magdigen. Okay, so for our German speakers, please look those up. And he's been on numerous television shows, radio shows. He has 3.2 million video clicks, 150,000 followers on social media, and up to 650,000 views per social media Post. So, Stefan, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm thrilled to be with you. Thank you for having me, Kimberly. Thank you. Yeah, it's so great to have you back. We had you before the pandemic, and we've talked yes. about body language, but now, um, now we're we're you know coming out of this 18 months. Okay, but for, first, I, a basic question about body language. Um, are we born with this or do we learn this? Is it natural or is it not natural? You know, where does it come from? Uh, well, quite an interesting question because it, it connects well to the, to the situation we have now because we could assume that now that the pandemic all grabbed us and we were stuck at home, we could think that body language is all over and no one needs it anymore. <laughs> but actually, our body language is inherited. Most of our body language is in our genetic code because the human, and that is a paradox I'm talking about right now, the human body language is older than human itself. So we incorporate signals in our body language that creatures before us, primates, um, also show if you go to a zoo, you see the same signals as we do. So some women go to a zoo, some people go to a zoo and they see a chimpanzee and orangutan and they think, wow, that is just like human beings. It's just, it, he is acting like my husband and he also <laughs> looks a little bit better than my husband. I could take him home. So, you know, so... Um, we did. We don't have to learn body language because we are born with it. And mm -hmm. the only thing, and that is important, 
The only thing is that we should be aware of some of the signals we show because the world around us judges us beforehand by our nonverbal signals. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so, so this is um, kind of innate and we have this already. Um, and with that, I want to I jump in to a little bit of what happened during the pandemic. I mean, in, in March 2020, all of a sudden, you know, people were tossed into this virtual world, okay? And when you think about the virtual world, you don't always think about body language. But what did you, as a body language expert, see happening when all of a sudden we went from seeing people in person to seeing people, you know, online? Well, the first thing I realized was that that a lot of people had a hard time um, getting used to talking into a camera. Mm-hmm. Um, for all the for only the people who who have their own Instagram channels and doing selfies, but that is only a, a, a small minority. Most of the people are a little bit intimidated talking to a lens and not seeing someone or at least seeing them only indirectly. And thus, they do the biggest mistake that you could ever do in business, in private life, and also in dating, and that is turning off your own camera. Mm -hmm. Because we always think it is enough to listen to someone, you get the impression, and it is only what you are talking and not how you behave while you are talking. I mean, Kimberly, imagine you would fall in love with someone you would have never, ever seen. That Mm. just doesn't happen. Now you say, oh, Stefan, that is not true because we have Tinder. Well, (laughs) when you you have Tinder, you see a photo and then maybe someone falls in love. It is Mm -hmm. a a, a lucky incident, by the way, if both of them fall in love. (laughs) But anyway, you see a photo and you think that is the person I want to spend my life with. But as long as you didn't meet them in person, it is also the imagination that you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. That is the if th- this man or woman writes words, even if you chat a little bit, it is only the imagination. The, tr- the real truth comes only when we see each other in reality. And that mm-hmm. is why the pandemic was a hard time for most of the people. That is, by the way, so many demonstrations were throughout the world. You know, those the, the people who said we we don't believe in that pandemic. That is only that is only a, a, a hoax. And as soon as the doors were open again, the lockdown was over. All of those dem- demonstrations um, disappeared. They just didn't happen anymore because it was not about a hoax. It was just that people can't stand it to live with other people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And with the, the ca- t- turning off of the camera, um, you need to see people. And just, you know, another thing that I saw, Stefan, in, in, in the pandemic was People, even if they had the camera on, not paying attention or like multitasking. Um, what's your comment on that mm-hmm. when it comes mm-hmm. to trying yeah. to be effective? Yeah, I also saw that a lot of times. Um, 
Reason number one is that the online meetings are last just too long. Too long. I mean, yeah. if you sit in front of a camera and you have to watch three hours to some presentations, and most of the presentations are done with with showing one slide and talking for seven minutes about <laughs> the same slide. I mean, you have to be a Zen master if you be <laughs> if you if you can keep your attention. So. Um, what happens is if the, the presentation is too boring and the meeting is too long, the brain of the listeners wants to find something more attractive. And that is not the fault of the listener. That is very mm -hmm. important. It is always if you are not attractive enough, you see it in the body language because people are distracted. And what they do, you see it in front of a camera way better if someone is doing something else. Even if you have your laptop just near you and you just turn your, your eyes a little bit downwards to write an email or to read an email, everyone can see it. Yeah. Why is that? Because on a screen, your face fills out almost ho the whole of, the, of your screen. And so the movement of the eye appears way bigger than in real life because in real life, you see almost 180 degrees of your environment and a movement of the eyes is just a fraction of the whole environment. Mm. So we have to be aware when you are online, when you talk to someone when you talk to someone online, it is very important to keep in mind that your eyes have to be um, have to be um, really on the lens, looking into the lens. That is also one one important tip. Don't look on the screen, but look into the lens. That is the only way you can keep eye contact with the listeners. Mm -hmm. Well, that that is a really interesting point because. Um, a lot of people don't think about it, and I've been in meetings where I know somebody's like either typing in an email or doing mm. something else or working on another computer, and 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 a lot of people don't think of the eyes as part of the body language. Okay, um, but what you're, you're you're saying it's so critical, especially in the virtual, to look into the lens and make sure you're paying attention. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. And paying attention means to show that you pay attention because the thing is a lot of people will listen to that podcast right now and they maybe they polish their nails while listening to the podcast because mm -hmm. we as human beings can listen and do something completely else. But when you talk to someone in person or in front of a camera and your body language shows that you're not interesting, the communication is always inhibited a little bit. That yeah. is why show signals that you're listening, number one is not with your head every now and then. I always say a good communication always looks a little bit like a heavy metal concert because the people are nodding and that is a signal <laughs> we are connected. Oh, that that's a good point. So, Stefan, um, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, I mean, we kind of talked a little bit about these, you know, what you what you have to do, bad habits, and 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 I want to talk with you when we get back on how, in the virtual world, can somebody really make a lasting and a good digital impression, you know, a positive impression in what we have to do to have that come across in the digital world through our body language, for. 
our listeners, we are talking with Stefan Vera, and he is one of the most in-demand body language experts in Europe, working with universities, business persons, and scientific institutes to help them and us better understand what our body language is revealing about who we are and what we're thinking. Now, he's been on numerous television shows, radio shows. He has 3.2 million video clicks. He has 150,000 followers on social media and has up to 650,000 views per social media post. So you can reach out to Stefan on LinkedIn under Stefan Vera and on Facebook under Stefan Vera and you can also go to his website www.stefanvera.com and it's also in English and in German and check him out on YouTube. He also has a number of books on Amazon on most of them in German. So you can go to Amazon and look up Stefan Vera and find his books there. And his latest book is The Corpus Braca der Magdeken. Okay. And those are on Amazon. And this series is being brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is one of Europe's fastest growing nonprofit digital marketing and local search associations. Cinda is can be found under www.cinda.org. So please check out Cinda. And with that, we're going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Are you ready to hear from investors and get insight on different asset classes? Join host Troy Eckert for the program, Talk with the Texan, Money and Life. Troy works with high net worth investors and is ready to bring you the secrets he's learned in his 35 years of alternative investment experience, along with his guest experts. If you want value, you'll need to listen in live every Monday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Small businesses are in trouble, and it didn't just start with COVID-19. From the recession several years ago to the revolution of e-commerce giants more recently, small businesses are getting hit hard and need to come back. Tune in to Business Buzz and Business Watch. It's two shows in one, hosted by Frank Hellring. We'll help your small business bounce back with best practices, guest experts, and resources that you can use to strengthen your small business. Listen Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific and 1 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Business. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are. At home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google. Play my favorite Voice America podcast on TuneIn. It's just that easy. But don't forget to make sure you actually mention the name of the podcast show to make it work. are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on um, Voice America's business station. And today we are talking about body language. 
and how important it is in in everything we do. And we're talking with one of Europe's most in-demand body language experts who works with universities, business persons, and scientific institutes. And we're talking with Stefan Vera. And Stefan also is all over social media um, with 3.2 million video clicks. He has 150,000 followers on social media channels and up to 650,000 views on social media per post. And so we were just, uh, before the break, Stefan, we're kind of talking about the general things of what's happened and how, you know, our lives have switched to the virtual world. And a lot of people had a hard time about that. And we were talking uh, talking about that. So let, let, let's talk a little more about this new virtual world because I we're in a blended world and it's not going to get go away. So when people go online and people start meetings, what what do you think is the first thing people notice when you're when you're there online for a virtual meeting or virtual negotiation from a body language point of view? Mm-hmm. Uh, so the first thing is, is does the other one turn on the camera or not? I mean, yeah, that seems obvious, said, but yeah. how... How intimidating is it if you turn on your camera and the other one doesn't? Yeah, There's yeah. one hint from my side. Um, sometimes you just can ask the person whether it is okay for them that they also turn on their camera. Yeah. But sometimes you can't do it because it's maybe it's a company, maybe it's some a, a person that you can't can't ask for that. What I would do is I would use the technique of reciprocity. That means I turn on the camera and I leave it on because then the other w- person gets some sort of a of a guilty feeling mm-hmm. and maybe during that session or maybe during the next session, they will start also to turn on the camera. You will realize that reciprocity works because they start to find an excuse why they can't turn on the camera. And please be patient because some people sit in a room which they don't want to show. They are just not prepared to turn it on. So Mm -hmm. be patient. Maybe the next time they will turn it on. Number two, what we realize is not the words. It is always the body language. Here's a precise hint from the first moment on, don't try to appear competent or sovereign because our brain takes a different decision in the first moment. And that decision is, do I, in general, want to spend time with that person or do I want to get rid of that person as quick as possible? And that is why showing signals of likability is in the first moment, way more important than signals of competence. Mm-hmm. And so, so what would be, uh, if you translate that, mm-hmm. Stefan, into exactly, you know, what should I do? I mean, uh, I come yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. So number one is don't sit too close to the camera. Um, because if you only see the face, that happens most of the time if you do FaceTime with your smartphone. Normally, we can only see the face, which gives too little information about you. And that is um, so it is hard to find a feeling of likability. And the second thing is don't sit too far away in a big meeting room where one camera is on the wall on the other side. People see you as a whole person, but you are too small on that screen. Rule of thumb from the top of the head down 
to the belly. So you see the whole upper body and that gives enough information. Number two, incorporate a body language of asymmetry. That means don't sit too stiff, upright, Sitting in a very loose and relaxed way, asymmetrical, gives a better impression. Why is that? That is not an invention of me. That is, that is, um, comes from, from our ancient forefathers because an asymmetrical body language conveys the feeling, I am not prepared to fight or run away. I am so relaxed that I am... I'm so self-confident and so so sure about that situation that I don't have to prepare for, for a fight. And that shows with an asymmetrical body language. Mm-hmm. And there's another hint, and that is show some motions. Move a little bit while you talk, like if you, w- if you would talk to a friend in a bar. You would also move, sit, or stand asymmetrical. And if you then start each and every conversation. So if you turn on the camera, do one thing, and that is smile. (laughs) Open the call always with a smile. So I repeat, from the top of the head down to the belly, that should be visible. Number two is show an asymmetrical body language and show some sort of motions with your gestures. Your head can turn a little bit. Talk in a very loose way and then smile more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that those sounds like great tips. Um, you, when you're talking about the camera, what about virtual backgrounds? Because I always, um, when I, there's good ones and there's bad ones, but I always get kind of, I want to say exaggerated body language or exaggerated when it's on a virtual background. Um, Any suggestions when you're Mm -hmm. using a virtual background? Should you change your body language at all? So absolutely, I have precise hints on that. And number one is only use it in emergency situations. Mm -hmm. Because what builds trust is seeing as much reality as possible. Mm-hmm. And most of the virtual backgrounds just don't work because you would ha- you would need a green screen, a professional lightning, right. then the background would work. On the other hand, if you don't have that, it works if you're absolutely still. But as soon as you turn your heads and some of the virtual backgrounds only work with face detection. So if you turn your head away just for a moment, your head simply disappears yeah. or if you stretch out your arms to the left or to, uh, towards the camera, the arm suddenly disappears. And it is only in emergency situations. So when I'm at home, it is quite easy. When you are at home, when I'm at home, just look, just search a corner in your mansion, you know, in the <laughs> west wing or in the south wing, um, a small corner where you are absolutely fine that the background is is adapted to be seen in public, you know, that you don't have to be afraid that the door is in the background or um, your dirty laundry is lying <laughs> around. So if you t- don't have a bad conscience, just turn on the camera and you know this position is fine. Then you don't need a virtual background. 
On the other hand, if you change your position with every call, you always have that insecurity. Only if you're in a hotel or in a public room or I don't know where, maybe in your car and you don't want to show the background, then they are fine. Otherwise, mm -hmm. I suggest from a non-verbal perspective, use them only in emergency situations. Yeah. Hey, that, that that's really great because because you're right with the heads disappearing and the arms disappearing. It's it's very awkward and mm -hmm. it looks quite strange. Okay, you know. Absolutely. And so, so so I mean, I've, that's always bothered me. So I think this is great advice. You know, everybody has a corner in their house, someplace, mm -hmm. or a corner in their apartment they can go. So um, mo moving on from actually this camera part. Uh, to a little bit more in this virtual um, before we go on to, you know, the real life situation that we're going back to now. Um, empathy, you know, understanding. Mm -hmm. how, how, do, how do you get that across in the virtual mm -hmm. world? Well, we do that the same way as we do it in real life. And um, being empathetic, coming across in an empathetic way always means the same thing. We show on our outside the emotions that the other person needs right now, which means when you have a person that is really enthusiastic and really happy and absolutely filled with energy and you want to be empathetic, you should mirror that emotion a little bit. How do we do it? That is quite easy. Move the lines of your body upwards. What are the lines? Lines are always those lines that go parallel to the ground. So that is the shoulders, that is the mouth, and that is the eyebrows. So if a person is really empathetic, raise your eyebrows also. Raise the corners of your mouth and also raise the shoulders a little bit. And now if you also raise your arms a little bit, the other person feels that you have understood that enthusiastic state of mind. On the other hand, if a person is very sad and low of energy and maybe feels a little bit depressed, what they want, they don't want an enthusiastic person. What they want is their feeling should be mirrored. And that is the same way, but now we let the lines of our body go downwards. So the shoulders a little bit downwards, the hands not too high up in the air, the eyebrows are lowered a little bit, and also the corners of the mouth are not too high up. We are smiling maybe a little bit, but not too much. Mm -hmm. And you know... Kimberly, no one has to learn that. That is has nothing to do with acting. We do that absolutely natural because if your child comes home from the kindergarten and is very sad and says, Mommy, Mommy, something happened to me. What does every mother and every father do? They tilt their head, bring together their eyebrows, lower the corners of their mouth and ask, Tell me what happened. Because we know the child only understands me if we mirror their emotions with our body language. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, very good point. You're right. Yeah, we, we do do that naturally. So, Stefan, with all these things to think about, before we go to, to the break, um, 
what do you think the most important thing is in this virtual world to, to that you can do to leave a good lasting impression? Mm-hmm. Don't think too much about presenting yourself. Be a good listener. I think that is the the thing that most people forget. They sit there and they just are stiff and look into the camera like if they would have smoked something forbidden. You know what I would do every now and then? Nod your head. Nod your head if the person who is presenting says something interesting. If you go a line or if you are overwhelmed with something, nod your head. Number two, raise your eyebrows if you appreciate something. Wow, that is interesting. And then smile occasionally. If you are a good listener, by showing it with nodding, smiling and working with your eyebrows, you will find videos on my social media channels about that. Then you are an empathetic and a g- empathetic person and a good listener. And you know what? The outcome will be if you want to contribute your own thoughts, people are eager to listen to you because we always decide before someone opens their mouth whether this person is worthwhile to listen to or not. So prepare with your body language that you are listened to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a good point because you, you kind of forget and it goes back to that also that eye contact and then, you know, not multitasking because then it shows you're not paying attention, but listening and maybe questioning, paraphrasing and, and with eye contact. But um, a great point because I think listening we tend to forget about when we're talking about these virtual meetings. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, okay. So, Stefan, we're gonna we're gonna take a short break again. Okay. And and um, when we come back, um, I, I'd like to talk a little bit about you know these tips you're giving. Uh, are they the same? Um, you know, across different cultures, what do we have to pay oh. attention to? And, you know, it, you know, are there some gender differences also? Oh. And then, uh, okay. Stay and then, tuned. People stay, stay tuned. tuned. Now it's getting interesting. Now it's getting interesting. Okay. So uh, for our listeners, we are talking with Stefan Vera, and he's one of the most in-demand body language experts in Europe, working with universities, businesses, persons, scientific institutes to help them and help us. Us understand what our body language is revealing about who we are and what we're thinking. And today we've been focusing a little bit on the body language in this virtual world. When we get back, we're going to look a little bit on these culture and gender dif- differences and also the blended world that we're in. Now, if you'd like to uh, reach out to Stefan, you can go to his website under stefanvera.com. It's both in English and German. He's also on LinkedIn under Stefan Vera. He's on Facebook under Stefan Vera. He has 2.3 million video clicks, 150,000 social media uh, followers, and 650,000 views per social media post. And go to the post and look on video, look on YouTube. He's got some great tips online to, to follow. And with that, we are going to take a short break and we'll be right back. Thank you. 
Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Tune in each week for the Labenthal Report with hosts Dominic Tavella and Michael Hartzman. The Labenthal Report keeps you in tune with market conditions, investment opportunities, and outlooks based on the stories and headlines to keep you in touch with your financial success. Are you picking the right financial path? Find out by listening to The Labenthal Report live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time and 2 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Leadership Beyond Borders. Do you have a question or comment about our show? Please send an email to leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Again, that's leadershipbeyondborders at gmail.com. Now back to this week's program. Welcome back to Leadership Beyond Borders on Voice America's Business Channel. And today we're talking about body language. Um, We've been focusing on body language in the virtual world up to now. We've got some great tips from our expert, and our expert is Stefan Vera, and he's one of the most in-demand body language experts in Europe, working with universities, businesses, scientific institutes, um, all kinds of European institutes and businesses. And he is on YouTube, on social media, under Stefan Vera. He has 3.2 million video clicks, 150,000 followers, and up to 650,000 views per social media post. So please check him out. Tons of tips there. So before the before the break, Stefan, we kind of talked about general tips on, on how to go- leave a lasting impression um, in the virtual world, which we're in now, we're actually going into the blended world. And I want to I want to talk about gender, because one of the other things I've seen, both virtually and in person, is is the different kind of body language um, the genders use. Okay, and and you know, are there tips for for different genders? I mean, can you just talk a little bit about that? Well, in general, we have to state that um, body language is always independent from temperament, number one. It is independent from culture, maybe talk about that, and also independent from gender. So it is not that in general, women or men would have a different body language. We all can do the same 
for instance, man spreading, you know, this, this spreading of the legs on public transport. A lot of women, also men complain about that. Well, men do it, but women could also do it. There's no physical hindrance why they couldn't do it. It is just they don't want to do it. And why is that? I think you have to understand before, before we talk about the details, we have to understand why do we differ? It is not... It is not because we we must differ, but we want to differ because we all have a problem. And that is we look the same. Men and women don't differ that much. If you have babies and they have uh, they have their diapers, you, you wouldn't know whether it's a, it's a male or a female baby. We have to coat them with colors. In our culture, it's mostly pink for 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 uh, for girls and and blue for boys and from puberty on we when the reproduction phase starts we want to show to the outer world for, to what gender uh, as what gender we want to be perceived Mm-hmm. And that is why from puberty on, women show different signals than men. For instance, women tend to bend their bodies more. They cross their legs in a different way. And men always, most of the times, show broad shoulders. They act a little bit different with their hands. And the thing is that from a far distance, you can tell whether that is a man or wants to be perceived as a man or wants to be perceived as a woman. Otherwise, we would have invested too much energy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, no, that you know, that's an interesting point to think about it that that you're right. Babies, when you put the babies down and they have diapers on, you have no ideas who or mm-hmm. what. So, so this perception, so we learn this then um, as we go forward or we choose the, la- ah. the body language. Okay. How, okay, how does the question develop? Is, is, yeah, it's easy to answer. We don't learn it and we don't, it is not because of our parents or it is not because society and it is, listen up, it is not because of Instagram or TikTok. It is, imagine, or let's think back a little bit, 300,000 years in the Neanderthal, imagine a male Neanderthal, would a guy would, would flirt with a, with a female Neanderthal lady and she, um, and he would, would courtship and he would be nice to her and, and bring her presents. And after some time, she would maybe get a little weak and invite him into his, into his, into her cave and he enters the cave and the candles are it all very romantic <laughs> and then like it happens nowadays he starts to touch her and as soon as he touches her he realizes his beloved neanderthal lady is called herman then mm. i mean don't get me wrong nothing against homosexual neanderthals but we wouldn't have reproduced enough mm-hmm. so those creatures, those Neanderthals, Neanderthal is just a metaphor for ancient hominiden. Um, Mm -hmm. We, those Neanderthals who showed from a far distance what gender they were, had um, an advantage in reproduction. Mm -hmm. 
So it is in our genetic inheritance. And that is why some parents are sometimes a little bit frustrated if they raise their children in a very gender neutral way. And suddenly with 10 years, the girl starts to to, to like everything in pink and plays with, with dolls and does all those those girly things. On the other hand, if the boys start to use weapons or start to play with those boys things. And there was research done with primates and even primate boys played with boy-like human toys and girls played with different toys. So it is in our inheritance. And um, what we always have to keep in mind, that has a huge impact how we are perceived in business life and also in private life. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't know that. And, you know, I didn't think about it going so far back and being so embedded in genetics. And so what kind of, what kind of consequence does this have to body language, for example, in business life? Yeah, I bring you a precise and a a very definite um, um, example, and that is the elbows. If you see males um, gesturing, they always or most of the times they have a little gap between the elbow and the upper body, between the chest and 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 the elbow. Women most of the times when they gesture, have their elbows very close by or touching their upper body. And that has an impact because this claiming for ground with the elbows makes a different impression when someone is presenting or when someone is entering a room. Don't 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 get me wrong. It doesn't have to do necessarily with likability. You know, claiming for too much too much ground may be be a little bit overwhelming sometimes. But when doing a presentation and you are too close with your elbows, makes you a little bit too small. That is why I give a lot of women. I give the hint: if you are gesturing. Strive for a little, a little gap, maybe two or three centimeters, which would be, I think, one or two inches. Um, just a little gap between the elbow and the upper body. That makes you appear more self-confident. Mm. Yeah, I, that's exactly what I was going to ask because it's kind of it. It's self-confident, and and the person may be self-confident, but they just don't know that they're in their gesturing. They're not exhibiting that. Okay. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, just you know, these are these are incredible things on on the gender. Let me ask a little bit about culture. Is it the mm-hmm. same thing? I mean, mm-hmm. it's kind of genetic, and and there's really no difference. We all have this in us, and it just comes out culturally. Because I think of different cultures of as having different signals or body language. Mm-hmm. As I said before, um, we uh, don't differ in culture and body language. Mm-hmm. That might, now you might say, no, I have seen people from other from other countries, they greet in a different way. Um, in Arab countries, you are not allowed to look into the eyes of a person. You know what? Those are only social signals, cultural signals. Mm-hmm. And they are always there to define an identity. We know that from the gangs, metaphorically from the gangs in New York, you know, when the boys meet each other, they have all their special handshake procedure. And that is a signal. If I show my handshake procedure and you can respond in a proper way, you are from the same gang. So Mm. we define Mm -hmm. each other with our body language. 
And that is only a very small part of our body language. And that is valid for cultures in Africa, in Southeast Asia, even in Europe. We all have so little procedures that we, that we pursue. And those are always to identify our cultural group. But those are the differences. But you know what? You, maybe you don't know the, the cultural um, habits of, of, of greeting in Senegal, for instance. But you always know whether they mean it in a friendly way or in an aggressive way. And that is body language. Mm -hmm. Don't, don't um, focus on the wrong things. It doesn't make any sense to spend too much time in learning the greeting procedures, the greeting habits of, two, of, of a lot of cultural um, um, groups. It is way better to know how to be a likable and a self-confident person from the first moment on. And what I always say, if you are a likable person in your neighborhood, you will perceived as likable in the whole world. Yeah. So that is the misconception about cultural body language. Yeah, yeah, well, you're right because they're more social habits rather than body language. Absolutely. So, so, so let me. You know, we're getting towards the end today. So, you know, you're talking about becoming a likable person and 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 reading other people's body language. And and we've been locked up now for 18 months in this pandemic. I mean, most of us only saw our families. Maybe if you took a walk, the neighbors. Um, and we're getting back into this blended world now. And I and I think we learned some different habits in the virtual world from body language and we're going back out into you know the the normal world in person so how, what would be your suggestion and how somebody can kind of exhibit themselves as a likable person and and blend this you know back in person to virtual to be able to make this work. You know, mm -hmm. some of us just haven't talked to people in a long time. Mm -hmm. So what are your suggestions to to try to communicate as a likable person and be a likable person? I would say the most important thing is when you're entering the real world now again, show clearer signals. Mm -hmm. Most of us have the 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 tendency to inhibit our signals that we want to show. So if we wave our hand to greet someone, we only do it on the height of our shoulders. Why don't raise your hand above the head, for instance? And the second thing, second example, I could I could talk about a lot of examples. Number two is smiling. Now we had all those those face masks on for months and months. <laughs> And when you smile under a face mask, no one will ever see that you smile except you smile so strongly that your eyes also have those little wrinkles in the corner of the eyes. That always comes if you raise the zygomaticus major, which is the big face muscle, those cheek muscles. If you raise them so strongly, then you smile also with your eyes. So it is a good transition exercise to take your face mask, put it on, stand in front of a mirror and start to smile so strongly that you can see your eyes smiling in the mirror. Then put off your face mask and keep that strong smile because that is the only smile that comes across in a very open way. By the way, 
there is a huge and a very prominent example for that, and that is not in a political, that's not a political suggest, suggestion, just a body language suggestion, and that is Kamala Harris. When she smiles, you cannot misinterpret her face because she smiles with her whole face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very good. Yeah, she does. You're right. I never thought about it. It is. It is quite nice. So, so you know, so we have our faces, the smile. Um, you know, these masks. Very good point. You know, we've been kind of frowning behind our masks for eighteen months, and um, <laughs> really, you know, and and um, just anything, anything else on the whole body. You know, being more open. You said, you know, the wave being bigger. Do you think we should just try to make everything bigger? You know, no, no, we shouldn't do everything bigger, but we have the tendency to make most of the things too small. Okay. And that is why I said it would be way better to do to, to, to show the signals a little bit clearer, which is to talk in a technical um, in technical words, which would be the range of motion. Every sports mm-hmm. person knows yeah. what that is. The range of motion should be big enough. Don't inhibit yourself too much because that helps the other person to get an idea of how your emotional state is. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. So, Stefan, we're almost at the end. Um, one last word to our listeners as we go forward um, with this positivity that, you know, we're going to get into this new blended world. What would be one suggestion that you have for our listeners? Show your, be, always be aware that your body language is the first signal that people see. And if you have a proper body language, people have an easy time to build trust with you. Mm -hmm. And I think we should never underrate the importance of body language because you won't get any sillier if you know how to incorporate the body language. It's the other way around. If you show a proper, interesting and likable body language, people are eager to talk to you and to listen to your ideas. Great. Great closing words from our expert, Stefan Ver, who is one of the most in-demand body language experts in Europe. He works with universities, business people, scientific institutes to help them and help us understand what our body language is revealing about who we are and what we are thinking. Now, he has been on numerous TV shows, radio shows. He is on social media. Please go to Facebook under Stefan Vera. He's also on LinkedIn under Stefan Vera, and that's Stefan with S-T-E-F-A-N and Vera with V-E-R-R-A. And please look him up. You can find him on YouTube. Tons of tips um, on his social media posts. He has lots of tips on his channel, lots of tips. And go to his website. His website is www.stefanvera.com. It's both in English and in German. And for our German-speaking audience, he has quite a few books on Amazon. So please go to Amazon. His books are Hey, Dein Koffer Sprecht, Hey, Dein Koffer Flirted, um, the Markt de Koffersprache in Verkauf, and the new book, De Koffersprache der Marktigen. Okay, and please go and look him up. And Stefan, it has been a pleasure as usual. Um, I hope our listeners look you up, and thank you so much for taking the time to be here today. Hey, thank you, Kimberly. I'm always thrilled to talk to you.
Yeah, great. Me too. And hopefully see you in person soon. Okay. Yes. Uh, yes. That's it. Yes. And uh, for our listeners, this, this broadcast has been also brought to you by Cinda. And Cinda is a nonprofit digital association in Europe. And if you'd like to learn more about Cinda, please go to www.cinda.org. You can see their events, listen to their podcasts, listen to their webinars. So please check out www.cinda.org. And with that, thank you for listening in today and hope to have you tune in again next week. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us on Leadership Beyond Borders. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 3 p.m. U.S. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Kimberly J. Lewis, on the Voice America Business Channel. Have a great week.